Okay, before we jump into today's show, I've got an exciting opportunity to share with you. We know that stress is at an all-time high, right? We can't hide from it. We've got to learn to deal with it and do that better. And so what we've done is we've created the free stress less challenge, right? So we're going to share some very simple and practical ways that you can begin to mitigate and deal with stress immediately. Plus, when you sign up for the free challenge, you're going to be entered uh, into our monthly giveaway. uh, And we're giving away our immunity stack, which is three premium supplements from Peak Energy Nutrition. And we want to help you get your immunity ready for anything. And so to register, go to stressless.peakenergynutrition.com. That's stressless.peakenergynutrition.com to sign up and get entered into the free giveaway. Now to our show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Stewardship of You. This is a Peak Energy Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Greg Garley. And so listen, if you've been around me, you know that I am an energy junkie, right? I'm addicted to making sure I have as much energy as possible. Like I spend a lot of time, probably too much money, trying to figure out how to maximize my energy that I can bring each day, right? Um, And so I share a lot of this on this podcast, uh, share some some of it on my Instagram account, and I bring on some special guests that can help too. Um, Because the reason we talk about energy so much is because, well, let me ask you a question. Do you know what's difficult to do when you're tired or when you're sick or when you're feeling blah? You know what's difficult? Everything, right? Energy matters. And so listen, you owe it to those that you lead and those that you love to bring your best energy. And so excited about today's show. Listen, if you like today's episode, if you like this show, um, please share it with a friend. And if you loved it, we would love it if you would leave us a review. That really helps us get the word out to other leaders, uh, to other listeners. We'd appreciate that. And as a thank you for listening today, you can use the code PODCAST, B-O-D-C-A-S-T, one word, PODCAST, at Peak Energy Nutrition for 10% off your entire order. So premium supplements, help busy leaders, use the code PODCAST. All right. Let's get to it. I am excited today. Hey, folks, we have got Dr. Arthur Satterwhite the third, the good doctor with us. Uh, listen, Arthur's a good friend of mine. I've known him for years, but this year has been just a crazy year. I know for a lot of us, but listen, Arthur has been at the heart of multiple crises this year, right? Him and his wife, they live in the shadow of New York, right? So they've been dealing with all the, obviously, the, the COVID stuff, that crisis, organizationally, listen, he is a vice president at Young Life. So his organization across the country, they meet in person, right? So they're trying to deal with that. Uh, All these got going on, right? And on top of that, uh, Arthur has just got a heart and has been working for a very long time with issues of diversity and racial tension. Um, And he's been doing a lot of work there. We're going to talk about that. Listen, he's an adjunct professor. He sits on numerous advisory boards. I'm not sure how he has time to do it all, much less take time to talk to us today. And so, Arthur, welcome to the show, friend. It's a pleasure to be here. And, dude, I'm already feeling this podcast. Energy is like you're talking about. It's it's the thing. You, know, you can't do all that stuff and have no energy. Uh, well, you can. It's just you won't do it well. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> excited to talk about it. <laughs> all right. So, listen, uh, I'd love for you, man. Just take a few minutes. Tell us a little bit about your journey, right? Because you didn't wake yeah. up as a doctor. You didn't wake up vice president, you know, organization, those things. So, I'd love to just share with us a little bit about your journey. How did, how did you get here? 
Yeah, I mean, 36 years in the making. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm 36. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's been an interesting road, uh, a diverse background, uh, pun intended, diversity there. Um, I've been a lot of places, done a lot of things. Uh, I'd say from an energy perspective, um, it's always been one of those things that's that I've been mindful of, right? You know, I was a former student athlete uh, all through high school, college, played Division One soccer. Um, okay, I mean, come on, you can't jump over that. Come on, Division One. Tell, tell us about where did you play soccer? Yeah, yeah, I had the privilege of being a hawk uh, down at Monmouth University. Uh, you know, it was a great career, uh, just a really important time in my life. We were top twenty-five by the time I graduated. Uh, so I like to think that I had a part to play in that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, going pro didn't work out. Uh, just wasn't what was in my cards. <laughs> but yeah, uh, even with that, that was something that we often talked about, the, the culture that our coaches there built into us, I mean, is, is about the energy. You couldn't produce on the field or off the field unless you had the energy, unless you treated your body right, unless you took care of your mind, your soul. Um, and they were very intentional about building a culture where we were intentional in working out, eating right, you know, in the Christian context, fellowshipping or just regularly just just bonding as a team, uh, relationally as people um, so that we could have the relational, physical, mental, even emotional energy to show up, to perform at our best in uh, whether it's on the field, in a game, or off the field, in the volunteer and classroom, and all the different capacities that you were still an athlete. So, yeah, uh, huge so part of my life. So tell us a little bit about like what, you, what, what your role is right now, you know, kind of where you're leading, how you're leading right now. Sure. I mean, I got the privilege to serve, like you said, a number of capacities, uh, vice president at Young Life, overseeing you know, our work in diversity and what we like to call belonging. Um, how, you know, others would call it inclusion or equity. Um, really helping us as an organization to think about, hey, where are those gaps? Where are uh, people not invited to thrive uh, consciously, unconsciously? What, how our systems, our structures, our policies, how are just, how is who we are um, not fully a fit with others and their culture and where they come from or whatever that background may be. Got a privilege to serve there as an adjunct. I get to shape the minds of future generations. Um, and then personally, uh, I'm just, I've just been on a journey. Like I said, I was a former athlete, but as you might imagine, you know, between 2006 and 2020, kind of let myself go, you know, going from practicing and playing every day to, you know, working in a boordroom, um, traveling, lifestyle. traveling, put on a little weight, you know, yeah, got a little tired or found myself in a place of low energy. And you and I actually started talking last year as you were telling me about uh, this venture and this work and just inspired me to take a hard look at myself. What are my habits? What right, are the so, things that are so, sucking in? All right, so, so I know you're dying to say it because I guess I can see it. I mean, I can, you're, you're radiating anyway, since the last time we, we, I saw you. So give us the update. So what's, uh, what's the personal kind of journey, um, success? Well, give, give us the, give us the update. Give us the, the success story. Yeah. 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 I mean, just in the last month and a half, so the last six weeks alone, I've dropped 27 pounds. You know, I've, I've seen my energy go through the roof. Uh, I'm showing up more, my awareness, my fitness, just all life is brighter. It's not no longer gray except for right now. Cause the rain is raining outside, <laughs> but That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. So 
question with just the craziness of what's going on mm-hmm. all around you, literally all around you. What are you doing personally to stay sane? Yeah, man, it's uh, you. You had said this to me a while back. It's literally you, not just you are what you eat, but you are what your habits are. Um, so finding myself, you know, six weeks ago, just reassessing what are my habits? What are the things that I'm doing intentionally to prioritize being a healthier, uh, more well me? Um, so, you know, going to bed, getting more sleep, uh, being mindful of what it is I eat. I mean, I don't know that everybody's going to do it, but I've been so intentional to the point I'm, you know, meal prepping, you know, cooking in batches, but then uh, measuring and weighing um, so that I know exactly what I'm putting in my body and how much and when um, throughout the course of the day. Um, I've downloaded tools. Uh, I've got a water minder app. I've got, um, I don't want to shout them out, but I'm using a health app. (laughs) Uh, Again, things that are just helping me psychologically and physically be more intentional, create better habits, um, and ultimately cultivate a lifestyle that's more conducive to higher energy and greater wellness. Mm. Yeah, I love that, the intentionality, you know, and so this is where a lot of the work that I'm, a lot of the conversations I'm having, a lot of the, the work I'm doing, you know, with leaders outside of the fundraising world, you know, talking about health and energy and all those things. Mm-hmm. It's it's just eye-opening that so many leaders get, hey, we, this is, you know, this is our strategy for communication. This is our strategy for team building. This is, mm-hmm. you know, this is our process. This is what we do. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing to ensure, what's your process, what's your strategy yeah. so that you're bringing your best energy, right? And, and it yeah. really comes back to what you're saying. It's this, first of all, you got to be intentional. Yeah. You got to have something. Something is definitely better than nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I love that. Um, I'd love you to dive in a little bit, uh, a little deeper there, just um, offline. You know, you said something as we were kind of catching up before we started recording that was uh, really interesting to you're just kind of sharing, you know, the, the, the season of work in ministry right now is kind of a balance of, and I wrote, I hope I can say this, it's soul sucking and satisfying at the same time, right? So, yeah. A, I'd love for you to kind of share just a little bit about that, because I, I have a, an inclination, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm that there's other leaders that feel the exact same is that one moment. Wow. This is amazing. God's using me. I just feel so great. This is just, I'm I'm right on my purpose. And then the next day, the next hour, the next Mm. meeting is, man, this sucks. What am I doing? I've got no clue what's going on. Why am I here? Blah, 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 all that. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's this soul sucking and satisfying really can be kind of two sides of the same coin. I'd love for you to share a little bit about like, what are you experiencing? And then obviously want to ask, okay, what are you doing with that? How are you handling yeah. that? Because if you take that with you too long, obviously we know, you know, that's not Absolutely. Really good results. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's partially because of the work that I do, right? You know, diversity work isn't easy, um, especially in the context, the climate that we find ourselves in, not just in the U S but globally, right. You know, folks are starting to ask those questions around, you know, who, is quote unquote oppressed in our context. Like how might our policies, our structures and our systems not be suited to serve everyone? Or how might, you know, they unintentionally be saying to others that they are other, that they're not one of us. Um, And to be in that work, to try and help not just communities, but individuals process that, right? Because there's a continuum of where people are on, is that even a thing, you know, or 
uh, how dare you not think it's a thing <laughs> to, to try and close that gap, bring people together, move people forward in a journey of understanding, of believing, of compassion. I mean, that is oftentimes soul-sucking work, um, especially as a person of color, sometimes having to step in to conversations that, you know, I just don't want to have, or emotionally, I may have low energy to have. <laughs> um, you don't have the luxury in my role of not showing up, not having energy, not being able to do that. So it's soul sucking in that sense that you just have to always be on. Um, but then on the other side, the, the, what makes it worthy, what makes it valuable um, is that moment where somebody does get it. Somebody, a, a light bulb does go on that you know, somebody moves from one part of the journey to another to be a part of that, to see that, to know that you had an impact. That's life giving. That's, that's worthy. It's satisfying. Um, to your context, I'd say regardless of whether you're in this diversity work or not, there's just a point in everybody's leadership journey, personal journey, where you are in the throes of it, right? You're going through the valley. You're, you're, you're not seeing the results. You're, you're having to invest and invest to sacrifice, whatever it is. That can be really soul-sucking because um, you don't know when the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be there. You know, corona on top of that, you know, this uh, these tensions in our country, cultural, racial, whatever they are, that's on top of that. To carry all of that can be soul-sucking. But there's also that moment, this is why endurance and perseverance are critical to leaders um, to reach that goal, to attain that, you know, that end point, that outcome, to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. That's what makes it worth it, um, to not lose sight of why you're in whatever space you're in doing whatever it is you're doing uh, the privilege of that um, that's important to because if you lose sight of that you lose hope which uh, can undermine uh, you know, really turn that soul-sucking thing into something that's endurable uh, to something that is completely overwhelming okay so then with that so you I mean you've been working uh, having a, having the same conversation over again, is what you said, right? So you mm -hmm. feel like you're having, you just have to have the same conversation over and over again, right? Continually doing the same. It's, it's, it, it feels like running on a treadmill. It's like, man, I am yeah. putting in a lot of work and I feel like and I'm actually getting nowhere. I, I, I physically have not moved. Yeah. Right. So as a leader that's working on something difficult like that, like racial tension, uh, where you have to have these same conversations. So then how do you, how do you keep your energy up knowing, mm. okay, the road thus far hasn't been great. And again, kind of in the middle of it right now, feeling like, man, it just feels like I'm having the, you know, it, it has that kind of draining feeling. So what are you doing personally? How do you keep your energy up? How do you keep your hope up? You talk about not losing hope. Like, what does that, what's that look like? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, with a wellness journey, it's like, what are the support systems that you have in place that even when you're not seeing progress, when you're not seeing results, they continue to encourage you, to affirm you, to, to motivate you, to challenge you. You know, for me, that looks like, Hey, I've got a group of guys, you being one of them, uh, that, you know, just continues to speak into my life, to encourage me to you know, cheer me on, to, to, to rally for me, to pick me up when I'm down, people who I can call on and just vent, get on a soapbox with, you know, just mentally and emotionally be able to process. Um, uh, the, I've, I've got brainstorming people who can just help me think outside the box and continue to see opportunities such that, again, you don't lose hope that maybe there isn't a way, maybe there's no path forward, maybe there's nothing else I can do. Is it all worth it um, to, to, to have that support network? Um, 
I'd say is the number one thing. Relationships matter, um, not just in work and in business or even in ministry. If you're talking about that, just personally, they are the, I would say, number one greatest emotional, mental fuel sources <laughs> um, that can keep you healthy and keep you going. Yeah, that's that's really good. The You know, I was thinking about, I mean, actually thinking about a study came to mind, you know, that was talking about basically the um, the context of that you find yourself in kind of the tribe, the circle that you find yourself in, how much that affects so many different areas of life. So, you know, if, um, if, if a lot of your friends are, are in shape, you're close, then you find yourself in better shape. So I see mm-hmm. that in these studies. So you, you know, so if there's lean and athletic, you got a group of lean and athletic people, most, most of the time, most of you just kind of gravitate towards that. Right. And, and obviously on the other end too, unhealthy, you, you kind of gravitate towards that. So I think that is, yeah. is, is really interesting again, being intentional so that we gravitate towards what we, what we want, what we feel God's called us to do, you know, to exactly. do that. Um, so I'd, I'd like to pivot just a little bit then, or at least kind of take it a little practical to another level is, as you think about leading your team, mm-hmm. I'm curious of, you know, when, when you see them stressed, you, you, you see them tired, you see them overwhelmed, what do you do? How do you help them? All right, we're going to interrupt the show for a second to talk about our biohack of the day. So each show, we like to give our busy leaders some tip or trick or biohack to help them lead better. Uh, help them with their energy and that stuff. So today, uh, our biohack is all about dealing with stress and the wandering mind. So has anyone else had this where you lay down to go to sleep and your body is exhausted, but your mind is going 100 miles an hour? All you want to do, right, is fall asleep. And all of a sudden, you're just your mind's going and you're outlining a new book and you've got ideas for new businesses or seven things from today's to-do list comes to mind that you haven't gotten finished, right? The active mind and increases stress. It makes it difficult to get to sleep. And so here's a really simple hack. So 20, 30 minutes or so before you go to bed, take some magnesium, right? This little mineral is quite important. So magnesium actually has about 300 or so functions in the body. And one of those has been shown to lower anxiety and to prove, improve, sorry, brain function, right? So it can help bring this calming effect and help aid with your sleep, especially if you're working out, it actually help um, calm and relax your muscles as well. Now, listen, remember, I am not a doctor. I am not giving medical advice. Please check with your healthcare provider. But for me, what I do is I typically take about 350 to 700 milligrams a night, depending on how stressed I am or, you know, how sore I am from working out. Um, and so I'll usually do that. Uh, just a bit of caution, right? It tends to come out in a less solid form if you take too much of it. So you want to work your way up to it. Um, I've never really had any any bad side effects besides that. But uh, magnesium, about 20, 30 minutes before you go to sleep, can just help bring some calm so you can shut down, get the rest that you want and need. And that way you can conquer all those ideas and to-do lists the next day. All right, that's today's biohack. Let us know uh, how it's working out for you. Comment on our Instagram, send us a message, leave us a review. Thanks.
Yeah. Um, for me, what I've tried to do with my team is just be em- empathetic. I mean, Daniel Goleman and his work on emotional intelligence, right? He talks about emotional intelligence may be the single most catalytic factor uh, or even determinant that's associated with the success of a leader um, because, right, you're only a leader if people are following you. Um, so to be able to to leverage that to empathize with your people, to understand what they're going through, um, to, to be mindful of not only their circumstance, but their circumstance within the broader context of what are we as a people, as a community, as a society going through. Um, I think those are the challenges of needing to hold those things in tension, hold the goals and outcomes and things that you're pushing towards in tension with the realities and the context of where your people are. Um, a dear friend of mine, uh, just the other day, we were talking about the same thing. And he was like, man, um, what I realized is that you pray for, you, you care for what you pray for. Um, and again, whether you're spiritual or not, the, the idea is there. Um, you care for those things that you are intentional about, about being mindful about. Um, uh, if you're not intentional about being mindful about it, it's easy to lose sight of it and thus lose your ability to connect with it, to care about it. Um, so for me, that looks like for my people, you know, I'm praying for them. Um, I'm trying to pray for them on a regular basis because I want to be intentional about not losing sight of them. Um, cause I even know that about me cause I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a GSD. I get stuff done. <laughs> um, in my push to get stuff done. This is done. a family-friendly show. I know, far, I know. That's why I said so, stuff. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show. <laughs> yeah. As a three on Enneagram, you know, I'm focused. I want to get it done. I want to challenge. I want to break it. I want to fix it. Um, it's so easy if I'm not equally intentional about being mindful of my people to just walk right over them, to, to lose sight of them, to not make decisions that are fully caring for them. And especially in this context, this time that we find ourselves right now. Um, to ensure that they have the energy and we as a team have the energy to execute effectively, I have to be that much more intentional about caring for them. Can you think of a time in your career where you needed that from a, from a leader or from a boss or from a mentor or something or, or something in that kind of realm? You needed something. Man, it would have been so helpful if they would have blank. Like, mm. Can you think of anything like that or, or, or you know, something that, um, yeah, you wish, you wish a leader, man, I wish they could have helped me see this or given me that or given mm-hmm. me permission to, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say at my former company, I mean, uh, I won't call out names here, not to shame anybody. Uh, but, yeah, there, there was a season in my tenure there where, again, I'm a young leader. I'm still finding you know, out more about who I am as a leader, you know, my capacity to lead, what it means to be a leader. And, you know, the, the, the context of the company at the time, they were, you know, they were struggling to to really figure out who are we, what is our value and how do we contribute to, you know, they lost sight of their mission. Um, so what I needed as a leader who was still figuring himself out, working in an organization that was still trying to figure itself out in a new context, I needed my leader to be more empathetic and compassionate to understand like, Hey, you're asking me to carry both my own discovery journey with your discovery journey 
I need you to show up and help me, guide me through it, to, to give me you know, some grace uh, to, to kind of mess up and figure it out, but to continue to encourage me, affirm me, challenge me, yes. You know, don't just blow smoke up my, uh, my backside, but, you know, continue to come alongside me and not only model for me the way, but partner with me to walk through so that I can learn both by seeing and by doing. Um, I think that's, that's where, you know, leadership sometimes in, 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 in our context in our world can get it wrong. They see it as a, a place of authority instead of a place of service. Um, and to me, my, what I try to do in my leadership is like, man, if I want my people to be their best and to realize their full capacity, I've got to not only be able to step into it with them, but lead them through it, walk with them, get my hands equally as dirty um, while at the same time giving it away so that they can, can lead it and grow more confident in their ability to lead. Mm, that's really good. What is, I'm going to throw this in your face here. What, what do you think is the biggest issue? The, I mean, there, there, there is no, so there's no second place. So the, what do you think is the mm-hmm. biggest issue facing faith leaders today? Pride. Uh, I, I think it's pride. Um, when I think you were about, very quick to answer that, by the way. So you <laughs> I, and I didn't prep you with questions before the no. show, ladies and gentlemen. He he had a you had a quick answer to that. You obviously have been thinking about that. So yeah, I mean, so let me pull up. I think that when we look at a lot of the failures or shortcomings of leadership in faith communities these days, people point to moral failure or ethical or or these strategic failure, I'd say, no, it's a failure of leadership. And at the heart of that, more often than not, not in every situation, but I say 90% of them, it comes down to someone was just too prideful to ask for help, to, you know, let themselves be led by somebody else, to be held accountable, to fill in the blank. Um, I mean, the Bible talks about that. Pride cometh before the fall. You know, pride is the thing that Jesus and God are um, call us to, whether it's the pride of the eyes, part of the heart. Again, there's so many verses. Um, and, and I see that in so many ways as we look at our faith community, part of why we can't come together, why we can't um, demonstrate that love that would say to the world, we are disciples of Jesus, is because too often we let our pride get in the way. No, you can't collaborate with me unless you look like me. Um, I can't give this away to you because I don't trust you to do it like as like I would do it. Um, you know, pride undermines so many different things in both conscious and unconscious ways, in my opinion. Hmm. By the yes. way, Jesus wasn't prideful. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying I agree with you. Not yet. He was. I, I agree with you. <laughs> and it's, you know, again, I think it's, it's interesting too of as I think about my own journey of just trying to come into who I feel like God's called me to be and to, you know, really fulfill those callings. You know, part of that journey was recognizing I don't have it all together and recognizing, well, I need help, right? I, I need someone that knows that's smarter than me, that has a different perspective, that has an experience, that has, you know, an, an angle. They have a wisdom that I just don't have. I don't know how to do that, you know, or I'm, I'm scared to, to ask that question, right? And I think that 
is just, I agree with you. It's just prevalent, you know, and it's so refreshing when you see friends, when you see leaders that say, Hey, I don't, I don't know the best thing here. I don't know the best, you know, answer. I don't, I don't know how to solve this problem that we're in, but mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do. Right. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about this many times of, you know, leaders, they feel this pressure to have this, to, 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 to project certainty. Yes. When it's like, no, people don't need certainty. They just need clarity. Yeah. Here's where we are. Here's what we know. And here's what we're going to do because of that. Sure. You know, right. And I mm-hmm. just think that this, this pressure of like, I, I've got to be a hundred percent certain that this has got to work. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's certain, there's certain times you want that to, to be right. Like, okay, you, yep. you're a pilot. I, I need, I need to be fairly certain that we're going to be able to land this plane. Right. But mm-hmm. most of the time it's, Hey, we're making our best guess based upon this. Right. And I think yeah. having the humility, I think you're right. Having the humility to say, Hey, I don't know if that's, that's true or not. You know, as we yeah. think about, Again, that's, I mean, that's part of the energy factor and peak energy nutrition, all, all of that of learning. Oh, I had no idea fill in the blank affected mm-hmm. my fill in the blank, right? There's just, there's so much of that of learning and, and getting outside of my kind of my lane and my channel realizing, oh, yeah. that actually impacts my anxiety. Oh, what yeah. I eat or, you know, spending too much time inside under neon lights. I mean, there's just all these things that I didn't know. And so... I think you're right. Uh, that's very, very, very refreshing. Well, and I think in that, I think too often we get confused as leaders, the difference between pride and confidence, right? We can be confident. Yes, as leaders, we should be confident in you know, what we're called to do and who we are as a leader. In, in the vision, hopefully, we've discerned rightly you know, from God or otherwise to, to where we need to go and what we need to do. We can be confident in that and still not be prideful. You know, the difference being, I know who I am as a leader and I know what God has called me to do. I am not prideful enough to, to believe I got it all together and I know everything. <laughs> um, you know, if this is where I feel like God is leading me in my context with my team, I am equally humbled to realize that, you know what, I need my team to lead me in some ways because they, they are better at some things than me. They can see things that I can't see. Um, and they, they, they'll they help me take my limited vision, uh, my, my limited aspiration, and turn it into something that is truly worthy, valuable, impactful uh, for our space, for the kingdom, for X, add X there. I think that's, that's the difference that, you know, especially as faith leaders, uh, we can pursue being confident in, in who we are, especially in who God is in us. Um, let us not get so prideful that we presume that that thing lives and dies on us or that we got it all together such that someone else can't or shouldn't come critique it, offer insight to it or collaborate with us on it to make it better than we initially thought it could be. All right, so we're going to enter a section of the show now, uh, rapid fire questions. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to shoot off a bunch of Come quick, on. quick ones here. Um, you don't have to pontificate too long, but just yep. give us top top of mind. What's your best day look like? Best day, uh, I've gotten some good rest. Uh, I eat healthy that day. Um, I've got energy to get through. At the end of it, I'm not just falling out on the couch, falling asleep. 
but I have enough time left, enough energy left to love my wife well. All right. So we talked about earlier the the tension or pressure as a leader is like always have to be on. Mm-hmm. So how do you turn it off? Oh man, I unplug. I've learned that you know, if I work hard, I got to play hard. So whether that's playing some video games, you know, just vegging out the TV. I like to vacation and you know, travel. The season hasn't allowed for that as much. But um, I've learned if you're going to go hard, you got to play just as hard, whatever that looks like for you. All right. So when you come through a, a, a stressful season, a stretch, whether it's you know holidays with family or you know intensive, you know you're planning a big event for work or you've got a multiple speaking engagements. What do you do to recover after a really busy, stressful season? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to take time off. Um, and what I've learned is, you know, there's a difference. Like you have vacation where you might get away for an extended weekend or maybe a few weeks. It's equally important to just plan mental health days. I mean, just take a day, take a half day, just literally throw your cell phone in a drawer, unplug, don't think about it just for your own mental health, because sometimes we need to step away to refuel in order to come back attentive and able to execute. So the night before a big event, or say you're speaking or you have a presentation and you do a lot of that or you're teaching mm-hmm. or maybe you got a big board meeting the night before, what are you doing to prepare so that you're your best the next day? Uh, I'm eating something healthy, eating something good, make sure, you know, again, fueling my body, right. Trying to get a, you know, get to bed earlier, get a good night's sleep. Um, one thing I learned early on, especially for speaking engagements, um, I shouldn't be prepping the night before. Um, because when I prep the night before, and not only does that, you know, am I mentally just not in a good space, but physically, energy-wise, I'm not because I probably didn't get enough sleep. I was stressed out because I waited till the last minute. Um, so I like to you know, try and get prepped early enough in advance that, you know, I might have recorded it and I just listen to it as I go to sleep. Um, but I ha- I'm not stressed because I know I'm prepared. Name a book that's impacted you recently, something you've read. Uh, I got it right here. This is a book I'm advocating all everywhere. It's uh, Change Intelligence by Dr. Barbara Troutlin. Uh, I'm not gonna, I know I'm killing her name, but Change Intelligence. Um, essentially, she's arguing that like emotional intelligence and cultural intelligence, there's a competency that each of us has as leaders to execute change. Um, and it, it's a game changer. It's a game changer for me, how I think about change, how I approach change, how I plan to affect change. Um, I think it's a game changer, whether you're in a professional space, a ministry space, uh, a combination thereof, whatever it is. All right. What's your most unhealthy, guilty pleasure? Unhealthy, guilty pleasure. Ooh, for me, it's sweet. Um, Specifics, come on. I've I've recently started baking. Um, Cherry crisp is my thing at the moment. Um, (laughs) Just finding little cheats in there. I'm trying to find little cheats that are healthy now. That's the next stage for me. Uh, Find the healthy, uh, healthy sweet to replace, you know, the cakes and the cookies and those things that, you know, don't fuel, only suck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll wrap that up. Well, tell you what, I'd love to give you the last word here um, as we're, again, talking about 
just a lot of, I mean, a lot of, a lot of that you're dealing with, you know, you're, you're leading in a lot of different areas. You need a lot of energy and focus and creativity and ideas and emotional intelligence, right? You need mm-hmm. a lot of compassion, all those things. So I'd love to just kind of toss it to you for the last word, any parting, any parting wisdom or cherry tart recipes that you'd like to share. It's up to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for this. I'm excited for this podcast, what you all are doing and, and focusing. I mean, as leaders, energy is critical. I know we like to think, oh, it's, you know, are we strategic? Are we creative and innovative? Can we be more entrepreneurial? Oh, it's all about the relationships. I'd say in all those things, there's a common thread. It's energy. You can't show up. You can't be at your peak performance. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> unless unpaid. you have- Un- Unpaid solicitation. <laughs> unpaid. Unless you have the energy to show up. Um, So just as much time as we put into reading and learning, networking, whatever it is, we need to be equally intentional to investing in ourselves, to making sure we're fueled, um, to making sure that we have the energy to show up. Because nobody wants to be your friend or your partner if you are low energy. No one wants to listen to your idea if it's really blah. (laughs) So Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a really, really good idea. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah no. <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah. think you believe it. You don't believe your own sell, idea. <laughs> yeah, so awesome, Arthur. Where can where can people find you? Where can they stay in touch? Where can they learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, sure. I mean, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, you can visit my website, satterwhiteco.com. Um, again, that's just my last name, satterwhiteco.com. Um, I'm all over there. But yeah, I would love to keep in touch in any way I can serve, not only serve you, brother, but anyone out there, happy to do so. Well, Arthur, thanks so much, buddy, for, for joining us uh, for the show. Uh, love what you're doing, doing great work. And as always, we will talk to you soon. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends. And if you really enjoyed it, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening, that would be a huge help so that other leaders can find us and learn more about what we're learning about. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your entire order at peakenergynutrition.com with the code PODCAST, 10% off your entire order. And remember... You owe it to those that you lead and to those that you love to bring your best energy. We'll see you next time.